0: The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hi everyone, Kimberly Fulker here, the founder and CEO of the Premier Dance Network, the only podcast network dedicated solely to the world of dance. And welcome to Chat with your host, Barry Karelis. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Corlis, and you are listening to Pod the Chat Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this bi-weekly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I am happy to share my 19 plus years of experience with you. Whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Hello, hello, hello! Welcome back to yet another episode of Pod Chat Talking Dance. What has been going on in the world? I can't even remember the last time I recorded and what information I have shared. Um, but yeah, we're we're starting to get towards the end of the school year, and I'm already very much looking forward to the summer. Um, Currently, I have a lot that is booked up for the summer. Um, I'm super excited to be teaching at my first major summer intensive at the Rock School in Philadelphia in July. And also, I'll be teaching for Ranjiao Du, who is the former director of the Care of Academy Ballet for uh, summer intensive. He is running in the Washington, D.C. area in August. Beyond that, I'm also excited to be teaching and choreographing competition solos and group pieces uh, for Bayou City Ballet in Houston in August and also for Emerald Ballet Theater in the Seattle area in Bellevue, Washington uh, in August as well. So I've got a lot on my roster. I'm also visiting New Orleans, Daytona Beach, and Santa Fe in June, mostly for vacation. But if anybody's interested in having me teach uh, or if they want any choreography on there, I might be able to fit. A day or two of work while I'm visiting those cities. Um, if you are interested, you can always direct message me on Instagram at bkerolis. That's b k e r o l l i s. Um, or you can go onto Facebook and find me on there and send me a message. Um, what else is going on other than that? I Movement Headquarters. We are running two two week variation workshops for beginner ballet students throughout May. Uh, I find that a lot of times adult students, they learn, they're learn they working on the, the technique of ballet and the technique of ballet is there so that you can execute this specific type of repertoire. And I find that adult students are often working on the steps of the repertoire, but they don't actually get to get in a studio and spend some time learning the actual solos and pas de deux and group pieces. So the first two weeks of May on I believe it's on Wednesdays. Yeah, Wednesdays from 6.30 to 8 p.m. at Battery Dance. I will be running a beginner ballet workshop where we will uh, learn Aurora's wedding variation from the third act of Sleeping Beauty. And then the final two weeks of May, uh, at the same time, on the same day, we will be learning the fairy doll variation Uh, very commonly performed variation in the competition scene, not as often performed in the professional scene, but a very good variation for beginner level ballet students to learn. Um, I'm really excited to do this. I've been trying to think of different ideas and ways to bring educational experiences to the New York City community. Um, if you're interested, also reach out to me where I told you to just do it. Um, I had something else to say about that. But I think that it's gone. So yeah, there's, there's a lot going on and I'm, I'm just excited. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. I remember. I remember. Okay. So I was going to say these are female, uh, variations that are performed by gendered like in ballet, classical ballet, it's very gendered. Um so these are female variations, but that doesn't mean that uh people who identify as as male um can't also take these workshops, especially if you're interested in teaching down the line. This is a really great way to start to learn uh, the whole repertoire of ballet um, so that you can use that as an educator in the future as well. So yeah. That's what's going on with me. I've been kind of like, laying a bit low recently. I am no longer associated with Broadway Dance Center. Um, that's a very long story that I will get to at some point, but not today. So um, I've been teaching at Ballet School Stanford recently and then just sort of like really setting some groundwork for Movement Headquarters. Um, we're currently deep in the process of transitioning to a nonprofit profit organization. Um, we're looking to hire a grant writer. So if you are a New York-based grant writer or if you know the New York City dance scene and you write grants you can reach out to me. Um and then also just working on hiring a uh, some administrative assistants. So lots is lots is going on. Lots is going on. But it's all kind of like quietly going on. So if you haven't been hearing from me a lot lately, that's why. Um just you know Sometimes you got to be like out there and sometimes you got to take a step back. But I've I've been feeling much better from my burnout that I talked about uh, a couple months ago. And I feel like I'm finally on track to uh, really start to like push again with like teaching and choreography work. So yeah, that's my intro my update um whatever you're gonna talk about this week um oh we're gonna talk about the difference between visibility and success so yeah there's so much talk these days about who is who on social media uh, i'm not really on tiktok uh but i see the posts others share and i'm on instagram and facebook regularly um i wouldn't say that i'm like very good at scrolling down and checking out a lot of things but if somebody sends me something or if it's on a platform i'll, I'll click and i'll check those things out um But yeah, on these platforms, there are children and adults alike in the dance world who have amassed tens of thousands of, hundreds of thousands of followers. Um, And many of these budding and professional artists are becoming household names uh, for the time being because they have filled a a void. Um, And that could be anything from instruction, fun, comedy, candor, flexibility, uniqueness, uh, nerve (laughs) Turning to RuPaul's drag race or any other defining factor. Um, often with the visibility these dancers have on these social media platforms, people already consider them to be wildly accomplished artists. It's like they could be famous. Um, and the assumption is if you're famous that you're accomplished. Um, but this isn't always the case. Their feed is carefully curated to show off their strengths. Um, Pretty much deleting most of their weaknesses and the the sharing of what appears to be like a they they offer the sharing of what appears to be like a privileged glimpse glamp, words Barry glimpse inside their lives, um, and then sometimes it's like privileged glimpses are like curated struggles. Um, that they choose to share and often that makes them feel more human and more tangible and it allows the general population to feel more connected to them. Um, But the reality of the situation is that most of these Insta-famous dancers, um, they're not going to have like a Justin Bieber on YouTube to Justin Bieber today story. um, If you're too young to understand that or if you just weren't paying attention, Um, back when social media was like really starting to become a thing, Justin Bieber first started posting videos on YouTube and he was actually discovered because of those videos. And we all know who he is today. Even if you know nothing about music, you know who Justin Bieber is. Um, One of the most famous artists in the world and one of the most successful um, artists in the world as well. But yeah, the main reason for this is because visibility doesn't equal success. Um, Just like a good resume doesn't always mean that somebody is going to be a good fit for a job. Um, It's the same thing, essentially. I, I watch some of the most visible artists on social media, and I get I get their charm, and I get the reason that people follow and engage with them. Um, but at the same time, <laughs> this is just like who I am. I wonder if I'd really want to hang out in real life with that 40-year-old artist that is silly and childlike and goofing off like they're 15 years old, or that like cunning artist that always has a good point who calls everybody out and isn't afraid to throw shade in any direction. Or that 22-year-old fresh-faced professional that I watched uh, get discovered as a student um, and become a professional, but they're still narcissistically filming themselves during every class and rehearsal and private moment in their home and Times Square, their front yard and their kitchen and all over. Um, I say this being completely aware that I can at times and have been all of the people that I just mentioned, um... But it's fun to have, uh, it's fun to have visibilities of these artists from afar. But again, I I asked the question, would I want to hang out with these artists in real life? And that's a big question mark. And more importantly to the conversation where I am today in my place in the dance world, would I want to hire them to work with me as well? Um, And I guess the answer to that is maybe? Did I just ask a question? Um, Yeah, I think it's maybe with a question mark, uh, because uh, I think that you need to get to know a lot more of an artist than something that they get to put together about themselves. Um, yeah, I would, I would need to see more than what they post online because visibility is curated. Um, therefore, visibility is only one view of the artist. Um, I'm going to talk about this in a bit, but visibility there's like personally curated visibility and then there's like externally curated visibility and that it's, it's a bit different to how people digest it and like the truth behind that. Um, but yeah, their own, they, they, these artists are offering their own personal choice on how they want the world to see them. Um, I have more to say and I'm going to get to it. (laughs) I'm going to get ahead of myself. I'm not ready to do it. Um, so yeah, visibility is a wonderful tool, but it doesn't always equate success. These days, many people seem to have forgotten that just because you were given attention doesn't mean you are qualified to be a professional in whatever field you be- have become visible in. Visibility is purely interest and not always a determining factor in auditions or job placement. Curated feeds can often highlight people's best qualities in a given field, but often it doesn't give any attention to well-roundedness uh, or quality outside of the person's niche. Um, I mean, we all know the certain examples, but like for in dance, for instance, um, a dancer's niche could be like flexibility and all their pictures and videos are them showing off their flexibility or it could be their balance. It could be their good turner. It could be that they're a good jumper. Maybe they have like intense fluidity in their body. Maybe uh, their niche is not just self. It could be that they have experienced an eating disorder and now they're into nutrition and they offer health advice. Um, it could be that they love fitness and they want to show people, um, how much they love fitness and to help make the rest of the world fit. So they do that. Or maybe it's a comedy account, um, like biscuit ballerina that I love who has become popular, uh, as an artist, not initially for her dancing, but because of her making fun of her, her dancing. Um, so, yeah, when you see these artists, you're just getting like usually a, a perspective of them from like one place or the other. But if, if a dancer is a good turner, um, of course, they're going to post the pictures of them, the, 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 vi- the videos of them turning. But maybe they don't have great flexibility, so you don't often see them doing things with flexibility, but every once in a while they'll throw a, a post in there to be like, You can relate to me if you're not flexible because I may be this great, great turner, but I don't, I can't get my leg up to my ear. Um, there, there's, there's a lot to be said about all of that, but um. Yeah, it's like when you have, when you dance for a company, um, or if you're being hired to play a specific role in a commercial dance uh, project, whether that's you're dancing behind a singing artist, or you're in a music video, or you're in a movie um, or television show, um, unless it's like, One moment that they're really trying to show off, you need to know if a dancer is more well-rounded. And the only way you can really do that is by getting them in front of you. Um, Visibility may help get you in front of people, but then once you get in front of them, you're going to have to be able to show them that you have more to offer than the carefully curated uh, visibility that you have uh, presented to them. Um, I guess I need to determine what success even is to further this discussion. So like I said, what is the difference between visibility and success? Um, I don't feel like I've set the stage for a, a fair comparison um, at this point, but uh, let's, let's move forward and do that. So in my humble opinion, success is achieving my goals. This, so this is personal. Um, it's achieving my goals. It's achieving unknown goals that I didn't know I even had. Um, So maybe achieving a certain goal opened up my eyes to, to things that I wasn't aware that I would really be hungry for. And then once I've achieved that goal and I see what else there is to offer, then all of a sudden I go, okay, I I have these unknown goals and now I need to achieve them. Um, It's receiving the respect of my colleagues and my peers and then gaining greater access to the resources I need to thrive in my career and survive on a scale beyond basic living needs. Um. I mean, I've been talking about this a lot lately. I feel like, and I, I'll talk about this like, again later on in this, but I feel like I have visibility in the dance world, but I at times don't feel like I have success. And I feel that my visibility has given me access to things that will make me more successful. But um, as a teacher, I feel like I'm 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 on that successful path. But as a choreographer, sometimes I feel like I'm just like, Clawing my way to the top. For me, like access to greater resources as a choreographer would mean um, that I have enough money to put on the shows that I want without having to burn through my personal savings. Um, that grantors are. Excited to give me grants versus me like fighting from the bottom to get grants. It's me reaching out to the press and letting them know that I have a show and them actually responding to my emails. Whether <laughs> I mean, let alone of course coming to see the show, but like them actually even just saying hi. I got your email. I'm not available or hi. I got your email. Maybe I'll come. Hi. I got your email. I'll be there. Um, n- not having uh, success as a choreographer for me means that I or having success for me would mean that I would have greater access to these resources. So I honestly do not feel successful as a choreographer, um, on a, like a, on the scale for the professional stage when, even though, I mean, I put on my shows, they've been successful. I'm really proud of the work I've done. I think that I have the chops to be a successful choreographer, choreographer, but, um, I think I have visibility, uh, through different platforms, um, especially as a teacher and a candid person in the dance world. Um, but as a choreographer, I don't feel like my visibility has yet garnered success. Um, so hopefully that explains a, a little bit of what I'm trying to explain. Um, but yeah, the, dic- the dictionary definitions of success or the dictionary definition of success, uh, thank you um, <laughs> is the accomplishment of an aim or a purpose. So I guess we can all be successful in our own right, based off of our own dreams, effort, and expectations. Um, but I'm talking more about the success that that type of success that is more external, where you are considered successful and accomplished. Um, and I mean that can be on a large scale or on a small scale. But I feel that visibility doesn't always garner the same respect as success, uh, where success most often garners respect and acknowledgement. Uh, for me personally. I feel like I have come in and out of success as the goalpost has changed over the years. Um, But like I said, but but I I feel my career only began to take off because of the visibility I had early on in social media. for those of you that are just getting to know me, I I was one of the first candid dance artists on these platforms. Um I started on MySpace, and then I had a blog on MySpace, and then that bled into Facebook. I didn't get a lot of visibility on MySpace, but considering social media was so new, I I got a large amount for the platform. Um but yeah, then as as years pass, uh and then I started to have success writing my Life of a Freelance Dancer blog and that podcast, um, I was somebody that people looked to and said, wow, you really use social media to like push yourself to places that didn't seem like you would go. So yeah, I don't feel like I would have gained higher levels of success if I hadn't had the visibility offered by social media. Um so it's funny, I'm I'm sitting here like kind of, <laughs> I guess it, sometimes it'll feel like I'm talking down about visibility because it's subjective. Um, but in reality, like without the visibility offered by social media, um, I would not have been able to prove myself. And I feel like I had the chops to prove myself. Um, and I feel like I am somebody who has definitely not really hid my failures, um, like when, I taught for NYU, uh, their Second Avenue Dance Company. I I did a whole podcast about this. I talked about how they disinvited me to come back. Um, And then also, like, getting fired from BalletX. Like, I've talked about those things. But a majority of the people who are visible, um, like, very, very visible. I'm talking, like, tens of thousands of followers, um, which I don't have on Instagram or TikTok. Uh, I mean, I have about 50,000 downloads of this a year, so i I don't think that's anything to like uh to scoff at, but um I don't feel like i I have those like that large visibility um but yeah i I feel like in the past I did and that's how I've really gained the higher levels of success that I have today. One more thing I want to add success can be personal and it can be external depending on how visible one is in their field um This hasn't really changed, but in the age of social media, visibility has changed greatly. Um, It's really changed the playing field, especially. Previously, especially in dance, visibility was only determined by your employer, uh, critics, and dance periodicals. Um, Maybe sometimes audience members, but even before like online forums, that was harder because it was more like talking at a dinner table or going to a donor event. Um, It wasn't so much like they could go on a forum like Ballet Alert Um, If you haven't heard of Ballet Alert, Google it, check it out. I love it, but it's bonkers. Um, (laughs) It is gossip central. It's sometimes really, really shady. Um, But yeah, it it was shocking to the hard-pressed to evolve dance world when dancers realized that they could take some control of their own visibility with the invention of social media. Uh, There were years um, where the unions were having to fight for dancers uh, to really allow them to post the way they wanted to post, even to the point that like right leading up to the pandemic um san francisco ballet had major major fights um with management about social media to the point that they were not allowed to post anything um at work and at the beginning of the pandemic the dancers weren't really posting anything and then they released it because they the company needed the visibility because they had lost access to the in-person audience um and they finally just said you know what we give up um we need the dancers to promote the company because if we don't allow them to we're likely going to fail Um, it was the only way at the time to stay connected. That was actually a fascinating lesson that I think will be talked about for many, many years in the dance world. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was very shocking to like the management of the dance world that all of a sudden they couldn't curate the script of their company that they wanted to and promote the artists that they wanted to and promote the works in in the way that they wanted to, um, so yeah, when I joined Pacific Northwest Ballet, and I'm going to repeat a couple of things that I've already talked about, MySpace was a thing and Facebook had just opened up from being only available to college students to really being available to anybody that wanted to sign up for the platform. Um, YouTube was also beginning to come into its own, um, but it hadn't become like highly popularized at, yet. I remember when I was at Pacific Northwest Ballet, the company got a grant to uh, bring in somebody to build up their social media and that person really build up their YouTube channel. And that's why if you go on YouTube and you look at the subscription, Subscribers for ballet companies pacific northwest ballet has one of the highest subscriber counts they have one of the best youtubes and it was it's not because they uh they uh just like caught on when the craze happened. It was, they were actually one of the companies that really like pushed it. And I remember at the beginning, um, when they brought that person in and they were curating things, they asked, um, company dancers, if they would be willing to do an interview for YouTube. And so many of the dancers didn't want to do it. We had just come off of this not so great filming experience with, uh, the Clarisonic face brush. We did an infomercial and they were like, not following the rules that they were supposed to follow and interrupting way too many things. And then also right previous to that, we, around the same time, we were being shadowed for a year by uh, Stephen Maines, who wrote uh, the book, When Snowflakes Dance and Swear. And it was essentially like the book equivalent to a reality TV show. Um, So we were just kind of burnt out on being followed around by cameras um, and being interviewed. But I was the first dancer that signed up to be uh, featured company dancer um on their youtube channel it's funny that that video is gone now i don't know where it went i was not important enough for them to keep it up but if you go like way back into the depths of bnb's feed i'm sure you can find a couple of the principles from that time it's probably like 2007 2008 2009 but yeah youtube was it was just becoming its own and i'm i didn't feel highly favored uh by my boss beyond a stalwart core member. And I felt like I was never going to get to go the places that I wanted to in my career because I was not one of the chosen few. Um, So I began playing with what it meant to promote my own work on social media. Um, And I've talked about this in the past, but I I got some pushback from colleagues for this. but eventually it ended up working out in my favor because because I was like, I don't really care. If they're telling me not to be on social media, then they're looking at my social media, which I mean, I guess that's just a personality thing. I wasn't like, oh, my God, I need to stop. But yeah, I, I succeeded in proving my worth and value to the dance world, uh, mostly through my own means of visibility. And it's funny because... Uh looking back, and I'm not trying to be like shady, this is just like a statement, but like looking back at like the soloists and principals um, that have left Pacific Northwest Ballet um, and many of the court members that were more favored than I was, um, I've been very lucky to uh, get certain things that I would never expect to have gotten based off of my standing in the company and then looking at the other uh, dancers and seeing where they are, it's just interesting because it wasn't like a parallel transition of like, you were a core member, you were a soloist, you were a principal, okay, you become a ballet or rehearsal director, you become uh, the the director of a major school, you become uh, a teacher at a recreational dance school in the suburbs of Seattle. And again, I'm not saying that with any shade, but it wasn't actually a parallel. And for me, that was like the biggest thing that I was concerned about, that I wasn't being favored and I didn't have the visibility, um, to prove beyond that one person making the decisions, um, that I was of value. And now I am a judge and teacher at Youth America Grand Prix. Um, and there are dozens and hundreds of, of teachers who, uh, had more visibility during their performance career than I did. Um, But I was able to get the success to be put in the position that I'm in or teaching at Broadway Dance Center or Steps on Broadway to famous institutions um, because I was able to promote my own visibility. So if at any point I sound like I'm trying to be like shady about like, oh my God, visibility is nothing. um, I'm not because I am a product of the visibility. Um, So there's my disclaimer on that. Um, so yeah, between the two, I guess it's this is a good follow up. Is one more important than the other? Is visibility more important than success? Um, As my friend Alex recently put it, visibility can come with or without success and success can come with or without visibility. Um, Alex, he's my friend. We were apprentices together in Houston Ballet. Um, We still are friends. We work together. And I'm actually, he's one of the people I'm going down to work with his his, uh, Bayou City Wordsberry, Bayou City Ballet School down in Houston. Um, He's a a smarty. So yeah, one more time. Visibility can come with or without success. uh, And success can come with or without visibility, but one does not define or signal the other. Um, so yeah, as I said previously, visibility is essentially an expression of interest. Internal visibility from an employer or publication is an acknowledgement that management feels your work or and or story is of interest to the to the public, um, or to, to the sorry to their specific audience or to the general population. Visibility created by self is different because it is curated personally. Um, it's essentially the image that the person wants to put out there. And that's what I did. I I took control of my own visibility and then I put out my own image. And in my opinion, I've, I I mean, it says this on my Instagram, it said it for almost a, I don't know, 10 years at this point. Um, I haven't been on Instagram that long, like five to seven years. Um, a candid voice in dance. Like I, the image I have cultivated is that I'm willing to speak out about the, the best and the worst of the dance world. Um, sometimes to my own detriment. Um, But yeah, this is often the biggest pro and con of self-curated visibility, Um, like the image that you wanna put out there. It portrays the person or artist in the light in which they want to be portrayed. Um, It can give off an air of success, but it does not signify success. Um, In the end, it more signifies the idea of importance If people are paying attention, then I must be more important. That's essentially what it is. But important people don't necessarily have to be successful. Um, That idea of importance, just to take a step back for one second, um, often... Visibility and that feeling of importance means that people feel like they have a voice and often people will follow that voice. I think that this is also a part of cancel culture where uh, if you have visibility, it doesn't mean everybody's on board. It just means that people are paying attention. And when somebody feels like they have a voice and they don't voice the thing that the people don't want to hear, then they can get canceled. Um, that's another whole podcast episode. But um, yeah, I... The yeah, the idea that visibility isn't makes you important. Um, it can make you important to the people that think you're important, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're important on a scale of like what you're actually giving to your field. Um, so yeah, it, one thing I've realized through like thinking about this whole episode is that important people don't necessarily uh, have to be successful. <laughs> um, so who is the most important? Person in your family uh, is it is that person important because they are successful um, Is it because they're nurturing is it because they're the scariest or loudest in the room or is it because they're a more un- they're more unique than anybody else um, now moving on to success uh, on, like the uh, on the flip side of this conversation with the visibility um, for success it can be there, there's three in my opinion three types of success there's personal success there's internal success and there's external success. Personal success can be achieving small goals or can be hu- achieving huge dreams. Um, I got the job I wanted. I didn't drink today. I paid my rent. I got moved up to the next level in ballet. Like on the whole scale of life, a personal success is is that it could be I woke up this morning. Um, internal success can be the acknowledgement of your talent and hard work uh, within uh, the organization or field that you're in. Um, But more likely, the actually, I'd say internal is more like within the organization that you're working for. Um, This can be acknowledged through casting. Um, It could be through promotion to the next rank. Um, It could be through a pay raise. It could be through performance opportunities on the nights when critics are in the audience, or it could uh, be recommendation of you for an article in a major publication. Um, and then external success can be acknowledgement of your experience and worth in your field through new opportunities, quality of pay and treatment, good press and, and other things uh, beyond that. Um, there are times that success and visibility do like sort of align and come together. Um, but more often it seems like one comes before the other. Like if you're really successful, uh, and a few people are paying, a few important people are paying attention. They might be the ones who, uh, will give you the visibility. And then on the other hand, with social media these days, um, if you have created your own visibility, people might start paying attention and then it might give you the opportunities to find success. Um, but yeah, visibility doesn't always equal success and success doesn't always equal visibility, but they, they definitely, um, supplement each other and can really help each other out um, along that path towards both visibility and success. So, yeah, as one can see, the lines sometimes blur between visibility and success, um, but having one does not always include the other. And in my opinion, too often today, people equate visibility with success, value, worth, and ability. Um, Why would a dance school need to hire based off of TikTok and Instagram follower numbers? Um, At an audition, if two dancers are deemed equal in quality, uh, would previous visibility become the determining factor in hiring? Would a master teacher be considered less masterful um, if they weren't on Instagram or TikTok at all? I, I think there's an obvious answer to uh all of those questions but in the end it really just depends on who is judging um and who is making the decisions because if somebody is more interested in fame they might look for the dancer that's more visible. Um, but if somebody is more interested in the successful person, they might actually go internally in the field and start talking to the other successful people and say, you're successful, I trust your, I trust your opinion. Who do you think uh, is deserving of success? Or who do you think is successful, even though I haven't seen them? Um, so it really comes down to the people who are making the decisions in the end that are going to do those things. I do not like the idea that an agent is going to require a certain person to have a, a certain amount of followers. Um, but yeah, at, at the same time, it is the way that the world works. And um, like like most things, there, there are multiple ways that people go about things. And you just really have to align with the people that are either going to discover you in that way or give you success in that way, or um, if you're not on the receiving end, to align yourself with peers who have the same values that you have. So yeah, in the end, I do feel there's a difference between visibility and success. And I, I don't think that one should necessarily equate the other, but all too often today, you need visibility to be successful and people don't think you're successful without visibility. So yes, there are, in my opinion, big differences between visibility and success, but in the age of social media, um, they have really, really become wholly intertwined. previously, like before social media, majority of the time you had to have at least some form of success to become visible. Um, but it is definitely not the way the world works now, because, um, essentially if you think of like newspapers and the death of newspapers with the internet and social media, um, the newspapers used to be giving the news and now Anybody can give the news. Like if you look at some people's Facebooks or their their Instagram stories, like they just share news that they believe is to be true. They are their own promoters um, of of that. So in the same vein, um, they can also be their own promoters of themselves or the artists that they support or that they see or that they think are successful. So. Um, this might be a hot topic. I, I, I feel like it is because, uh, it's very relevant and current. So I'll be curious to hear what your thoughts are. This is actually one of my shorter podcasts, um, I'm curious if people enjoy the longer podcast episodes and just like hear me like talking and rambling on, or if you like this shorter half hour format. Um, but yeah, I'm curious what your thoughts are on this matter. You can reach out to me. I'll, I'll say in our outro where, how you can reach out to me. Um, but reach out to me, let me know what your thoughts are. Do you need visibility to have success? Do you need success to have visibility? Um, do you, are they, do they come together hand in hand? Um, are they important? Do you think that I, I I got it all wrong? What are your thoughts? Tell me, people. Also, give me some um, ideas for episodes. I, I've been doing this for six years at this point. This might be like, my sixth anniversary at this point. What did I start 2000? Yeah, this is essentially seven. I don't know. My brain is not working right these days, people, but uh, (laughs) um, I've been doing podcasts. I think we're almost at episode 200. And I've actually thought about it, between my blogs, my podcasts and writing articles, I've put out over 400 blogs and podcasts. I have put out over 30 articles in the past decade. I can use some ideas, so send me some fresh tips um, so that I can keep on talking dance with you guys and on topics that you guys wanna hear me talk about. So with that, we're going to call an end to today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Hot to Chat Talking Dance. If there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about again, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page. You can go to www.movementhqballet.org. That is my company's website. Um, you can also reach out on there if you'd like to become a sponsor for our podcast or to book master classes in ballet or contemporary technique for choreography or speaking engagements. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcast on the Premiere Dance Network. If you wanna connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, on Instagram. My name is B Corollis. My company's Instagram is at movement underscore headquarters or on Twitter at bariscos. Also be sure to subscribe to my blogs. I wrote for five years on life of freelance dancer about working as a nationally touring freelance artist and independent contractor. I also have Dancing Off Stage where I wrote about the post-performance careers of professional dancers. If you'd like to check out my choreography, I have two YouTube channels and you can find them by checking out B Corollas or Movement Headquarters. Thanks for listening in to Pod the Chats. I hope you return two weeks from this Saturday to talk dance with me and remember to go out and support your local dance scene.